0: It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
1: Welcome to the latest episode of our new podcast, Go Atlanta, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. We're here every Thursday to introduce you to the most interesting people, places, and things to do in and around Atlanta. This is the podcast to get you ready for the weekend.
2: I'm Yvonne Zussel from the AJC's food and dining team, and I'll tell you about an Alpharetta restaurant celebrating its 25th anniversary.
3: And this is Rodney Ho, entertainment reporter at the AJC, and I'll tell you about the real story behind Cocaine Bear.
1: And we have a special guest this week, the AJC's Bo Emerson. Welcome, Bo. Thanks, Shane. He'll tell us about a fascinating concert that involves the revival of some lost songs by one of Georgia's greatest songwriters. Please take a moment to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
4: Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.
1: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... So, how was everyone's week? Have uh, anything interesting and fun happening? <laughs> so far, so good. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, I, I, I was out last week, so it's my, uh, you yeah, know, coming right. back. Yeah, that's right. It was your birthday. But, but, but you didn't we'll travel to
3: Jamaica or do anything like that? I
1: did like not. That. No, no. Uh, and uh, it was nice and relaxing, uh, having dinner out and things like that, but... Uh, coming back on Monday is always a rude awakening. It's
2: always hard, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like it, it, all of the, all of the the stress relief and everything just sort of flies out the way. Yeah, it's like, wait, was I on vacation the past <laughs> right. week?
5: Shane, you ate out. I'm I'm sure you didn't style meals day after day
1: instead. Yeah, no, I did not. Uh, I did cook a little bit, but uh, but yeah, it's nice to let somebody else cook every now and then. Yeah. I, I I like uh, getting a break but you know I still love cooking and, and I did some of that but um, it's great to go out and have a meal and let somebody else take care of everything especially the dishes <laughs> yeah.
5: I just throw them away when I'm done. Uh,
2: smart. <laughs> Very sustainable of you. Very earth-friendly. <laughs> it's Corel.
1: Correll. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have some really interesting stuff happening. Uh, uh, Bo, in particular, has this story on... Um, Uh, songs by Johnny Mercer that uh, were in the archive at GSU, right?
5: They are among the many, many things in the archive at GSU that has a special relationship with the Johnny Mercer Foundation. But they're not exactly songs. A lot of them are scribbles on pieces of paper, including napkins and hotel stationery and things like that. Right.
1: Yeah. And for those who don't know Johnny Mercer, uh, I mean, he wrote some incredible classics of the Great American Songbook.
5: I mean, uh, he, he wrote
1: "Moon River." He wrote "The Days of Wine and Roses."
5: He wrote "Hooray for Hollywood," which is a terrible song, <laughs> uh, but uh, he's written apparently uh, something like fourteen hundred songs. But some people say it's even longer, right.
3: or more than that. Yeah,
5: yeah. If you go on a Savannah tour, he gets brought up.
3: Yeah, yeah he's guaranteed. he's buried
2: in Savannah, I think, isn't he? Yeah.
5: I, I haven't been to uh, his uh, gravesite, so I don't know. I
2: have. So I, I, I yes, he is he buried in Savannah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> State, I can thought. confirm that, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, now so, so so they've now taken some of these scribbles and, and turned them into songs,
5: right? In fact, there's a uh, uh, Mercer Foundation-supported fellowship, uh, like a scholarship for graduate students at the georgia state university and uh, part of the responsibilities for that they pay uh your way but they also expect you to take old uh lyrics that have never been turned into a song and of course mercer was a lyricist he also wrote uh, music for some of the songs that he wrote he wrote the music for uh dream which is a fantastic song and uh he uh but mostly lyrics and so he's worked with many many composers o- over the years um but uh, now there's still bunches of lyrics in there waiting to turn into songs. And so they uh, now this is the third time a graduate student has essentially composed the music to go along with these lyrics and turn them into songs. Right.
1: Yeah. And I, 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 you've written a story. I, I, I was reading it and it, it talked about how, you know, basically they are fragments and, and trying to sort of it's like a puzzle almost putting them together. It's true.
5: And uh, some of the fragments are, are more complete, some of them are, are less so. He even had uh, demo tapes for a couple of uh, songs for a musical that never quite uh, got off the ground. Actually, it might have been a television uh, series. But um, in addition to things that are more complete, there are also little, uh, as we say, fragments here and there. The, this uh, graduate student, Louis Haravo, uh, put together and he, and he created four songs out of them.
1: Yeah. And they're going to be performing those songs, right?
5: Exactly. They do a Johnny Mercer tribute concert just about every two years. And every now and then they will uh, sort of unveil a a couple of new uh, Johnny Mercer tunes. And so I got a chance to talk to Lewis and uh, listen to some of the process that he goes through in sort of gathering together, creating tunes, coming up with a name for them and then figuring out a melody and also arranging them for a big band because the um, Georgia State University Jazz Band its like a 19-piece band, a wonderful band.
1: Of the Great American Songbook.
5: What's really interesting is when you look at the lyrics, you say to yourself, "This is sort of a sappy song." And then when they, when Lewis puts them together with the melody, um, and then the band is playing, you say to yourself, "That's a song."
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we've we've had decades and decades of of songs that are, you know. Were probably inspired by the stuff that that Mercer did. Yeah. Um, so not I mean, enough. Yeah. Well, back then, you know, it wasn't. It, you know, we weren't like overly familiar with with a lot of that stuff. So I, it feels like, you know, he was there first.
5: Well, and the interesting thing about Lewis is he's a jazz musician who's an older student. He's 48, and he's been a been a touring musician for like 30 years. So he's played. Uh, Johnny Mercer songs, like, for example, Autumn Leaves, hundreds of times, if not thousands of times. He knows them
1: all. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, so that's, uh, you'll get to hear some brand new uh, Johnny Mercer songs uh, that's happening this weekend, right? Uh, where, When and where is, is that? It is
5: March 4th. It's at uh, the Rialto uh, downtown, and it also features Joe Granston on trumpet and vocals, a great uh, musician, and Robin Lattimore on vocals. So.
1: Awesome. That's great. So check that out at the Rialto this weekend. And another thing that you can check out uh, is a movie that uh, is getting a lot of attention, And has some Georgia ties. It's called Cocaine Bear.
3: What is that? Beth, we should go. It came in number two in the box office this past weekend. Ah. Uh, It almost beat Ant-Man. Wow. (laughs) And I think it's just because it's a two-word sell point that probably Elizabeth Banks (laughs) was able to... (laughs) turn into a movie very easily yeah it's based on a 1985 incident that happened there was a drug smuggler named andrew thornton who was flying an airplane or at least he was in an airplane uh where apparently he decided there was way too much cocaine in there so he decided to dump it in the north georgia mountains and then parachute down with a bunch of cocaine but unfortunately his parachute didn't go off so he died oh wow um so apparently some of the cocaine was found by a bear, who I guess some people are calling uh, Pablo Escobar, uh, who consumed Amazing. a lot of cocaine and died. Um, wow. So the uh, Elizabeth Banks and the screenwriters, I guess, decided to imagine as if he decided as if the bear went on a rampage and started killing people, which it did not do in real life. Right. Um, but in this case of the movie, yes, um, you know, people like Margot Martindale and, uh, you know, show up and get you know I,
2: I don't want to give away who who dies but plenty right. of people die <laughs> let's just say that <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty impressive cast. I was kind of, I mean, for like such a silly Elizabeth, concept. Yeah,
3: Elizabeth Banks uh, knows Harry a lot Russell, of people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She, she got, she, it was like a reunion of the Americans because Matthew Reese plays the <gasps> smuggler. Oh, <laughs> so, I
2: didn't realize he was in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little universe. cameo
3: appearance for him because obviously yeah. he dies in the first moments of right. the movie. What's funny is the movie actually does show, um, I think, uh, some news clippings from the actual incident in uh. 1985, and then they melt into. The movie itself, and
2: so it's it, one of Ray Liotta's last movies too. Isn't it is it? his last movie. Aww. They do
3: honor him, yes. Oh, do they? Yes, yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. it's. Hmm. Uh, and I won't say whether he
1: lives or dies, but you could just take a guess. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> at least in the movie, fictionally,
2: right?
1: But yeah, it sounds like a a, a rather interesting concept. And I mean, the, I saw it last night. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, you take you take it for what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The reviews have been just so wildly divergent. There are people I, I'm seeing people who loved it and people who hated it. Um, which I guess, you know, it, it sounds like something that, that that makes sense for. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a step up from Sharknado, let's just say that. <laughs> ah, okay.
5: <laughs> is it kind of the Georgia version of Snakes on a Plane, then? or it, it, In
3: many ways, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I
5: would say it has that vibe to it.
3: Uh, weirdly, it was mostly shot in Ireland, of all places. So I was trying to see, like, does this Ireland pass for Georgia? I guess more or less for this type of movie. So was any of it shot here? I think, well, the Georgia Peach shows up at the end of the movie. I watched the clips, so I know something was shot here. I'm not sure exactly what they did. She figured out
2: how to get that discount.
3: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, Ireland has has, has a pretty generous uh, film credit. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: It's at 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's like right on the cusp of, you know. Being positive. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But the Google users say 87% liked it, so it looks like it might be... Maybe critics aren't as kind as maybe the the general public, which I think is often true.
1: I mean, it sort of has cult classic written all over it, really. Weirdly, the actual bear ended up being
3: stuffed and is in some weird museum in Kentucky. It's in a museum. I don't know why it's in Kentucky. Yeah, apparently they stuffed it and then it got lost. It showed up at a, you know, at (laughs) at a pawn shop and then somebody ended up taking it. Hey, we want our dead bear back. I know. <laughs> yeah, may, sort of I don't know. I don't know. Who's which ready for a road trip? Let's go
2: get that bear. Yeah. I don't know which
3: museum it would work at here in, in Georgia. We don't really have like a pigeon forge type. What about the Bigfoot? Museum? <laughs> I was
2: just about to say the Bigfoot museum.
3: <laughs> yeah. It feels like work. it'd
2: be a good fit there. Yeah. in, the, in Blue Ridge. Blue yeah. Ridge. Yeah.
3: Oh, I'm going to have to check. I, I haven't seen that. I haven't oh, that wow. Museum. Oh, yeah, you, you
1: must should. visit. It is. Okay. Uh, it's it's a it's crazy quite something. Little place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's right there on the main highway as you're going up through the mountain towns, you know, Jasper, J, and uh, between LJ and Blue Ridge okay. basically. Yeah, it's I'm cultural. Planning,
3: I'm planning to go in mm-hmm. April, so
1: I will check that off as a I'll, thing to do. Definitely. And yeah, the, the cocaine bear would would fit there perfectly. And <laughs> I I think there should be a campaign to repatriate the uh yes. the bear. Let's start to a Georgia. petition. <laughs>
2: Let's do it. <laughs>
1: So, you can see uh, Cocaine Bear, uh, I guess, in theaters. And is it streaming as well? Or not yet. Not yet?
3: No, no, it's in movie theaters, and it will probably be there for a few weeks. Yes. Okay.
1: All right. Yvonne has some things for us about some openings that are happening around town. Um, specifically, another Slutty Vegan.
2: Another Slutty Vegan. Yeah, the first one on a college campus. So, uh, it opened this week at on First Drive uh, on Georgia Tech's campus. And uh, it's there are actually a few uh, new I- menu items at uh, at this location. There's the cheesy Ho, spelled H E A U X, a vegan twist hey, on the classic grilled sandwich. spelled like me. Come on. Uh, yeah, that's
3: right. You <laughs> should call them. me. I know.
2: And the streetwalker, which is a taco <laughs> with uh, with chili. <laughs> and uh, nacho-style <laughs> vegan cheese on a bed of Frito corn chips. So those are Ooh. exclusive to the Georgia Tech campus. Uh, and this is, I think, the fourth uh, Metro Atlanta location. Uh, I think it's fifth. It could be the fifth, yeah. I well, there's also a, a location in Athens that I think um, is sometimes lumped into that.
1: So um I could have sworn I – because the other day I was having to look that up, and, uh, um, and, and I think I, – if it isn't five, then I have something to change somewhere. I think <laughs> um,
2: it, it it it's one of several now. At this it is point, one of several. So it's kind of hard to keep track. Yes, but uh, but and, yeah. Yeah,
1: and there are others in in other places as well outside of Metro.
2: Yeah, Canada. that's right. There's one in Birmingham. There's now one in New York, and they're they're starting to to expand outside of those states as well. Yeah. So yeah, Pinky Cole, the founder, is a very impressive entrepreneur. She's yep. definitely. She knows. She knows what she's doing. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so. there's always excitement every time she opens a new one. I, I noticed, you know, on, online people were talking about the new Georgia Tech one. And, yeah. and so,
2: yeah, yeah, And this one though does not have seating. It's like more of a stall. Right. So, uh, you know, if you if you do go, and it is open to the public, it's not. I mean, it, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to guess that the majority of their traffic is going to be Georgia Tech students, but it is open to everybody. Yeah. Um, so it's just something to know that you don't expect to be able to sit. There and be able to, right. to eat your food.
1: Yeah, take your hoe to go, so to take speak. Your hoe to go. <laughs> All right. Uh, and there was another uh, opening as well, which I, I, this is the first time hearing of this. I, I don't know anything about it. What? what?
2: Yeah, it's called uh, Yepa and Company. Mm-hmm. It is uh, from the team behind Forza Storico and Storico Vino. Uh, there's several Italian concepts that uh, these guys already have and this is another italian restaurant it is located in uh, buckhead village which is also where their bar storico vino is located okay it uh, took over for built biltong bar which closed oh, last right. year mm-hmm. and yeah it's your typical not typical but i mean it's it's your all of the italian favorites are on there mm-hmm. um, and but one th- kind of cool thing about it is that there's a formula 1 themed bar inside as well so that's A little different for people who are really into Formula One.
1: The the bar isn't shaped like a car or anything.
2: No, but there are, there's like uh, memorabilia and there are going to be TVs that are going to be showing all of the races. Yeah. That is now open in Buckhead Village.
1: Well, I'm sure the food is probably delicious as well.
2: Yeah, it's from the Emilia Romana. I hope I didn't butcher that pronunciation, uh, the Emilia-Romana uh, region of Italy. Okay. So um, so there will be some things that are specific to that area.
1: Okay, So awesome. Yeah. Another thing that's coming later this year, which we just found out about, a classic band from the 80s. Depeche Mode.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andy Fletcher's gone, unfortunately, but right. we still have Martin Gore and David Gahan, and they're uh, touring uh, later this year. They're coming to State Farm Arena October 15th. Tickets on sale this week, and they're going to go fast. I, I'm pretty certain. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it seems like they've only gotten more popular. You know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, in fact, in Cocaine Bear, uh, just can't get enough is played during a a, a car chase scene, or not a, really a chase, but
1: <laughs> yeah, a did, bear chase. Yeah, scene. Yeah, and and wasn't didn't they was it in Last of Us that I, they just they used some. yeah they did. Never yeah, let yeah, us never, never let, let me down. But it wasn't them. It was a cover. It was a cover. Yeah, yes, yeah. but 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 actually, yeah, I think like didn't their version show up at some point? And I can't remember. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was their song. Um, Yeah. And Depeche Mode always amazes me just that the way that they've sort of. And they have a new album
3: too. Yeah. And they're, yeah they have new music as well. So they're like Duran Duran. They've managed to keep their profile up. Right. Yeah. But everybody wants to hear the hits.
5: Is yeah. that Generation Xers <laughs> that are that are into uh, Depeche Mode, not yeah. Boomers?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think so. Totally a kind of Gen like, X thing. Yeah, yeah, that's my generation. Very right much. The, my and alley.
2: Your story said the last time they were here was it's been several Ten years. years. Right? Ten years. Yeah, yeah. it's been wow. a long time. And, yeah. and
3: they had made announcements earlier this year of a tour, and they didn't include Atlanta. So everybody, you know, my friends who are Depeche Mode fans were, you know, super angry that Incensed. they didn't come. <laughs> so, <laughs> so apparently all that pressure came to bear. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry, I had to bring up the bear. again. Sorry.
2: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so many bear puns. Uh,
1: well, anyway, so Depeche Mode is uh, coming to Atlanta this fall uh, in October, and the tickets are on sale this week. So if you want to go, you probably need to uh, get those tickets early because I'm sure they'll sell really quickly. And some other news about Kim Zolciak, who... It was reported that her her house was going to be going into foreclosure, auctioned off. But that's yeah, changed. off
3: on yeah, supposed so. It's supposed to be auctioned off on March seventh. But apparently, they figured out some way to, you know, ameliorate the uh, the bankers okay. and keep their one point six million dollar mortgage at bay. At least they, they they must have spent paid paid back enough of it to keep right. the keep the lender happy. So they're getting to stay in their home okay. uh, here in Atlanta. Um, okay, yeah. but I mean, the reality is they have it been on a reality show in a couple years. Their show last aired in 2020, Don't Be Tardy. Right. So I, I'm not sure besides getting, you know, I'm not sure how they make money. Uh, you know, she and her husband. <laughs> I right. no does
4: she
2: have a wig line?
3: She she does, and she, I'm sure she makes money off her, you know, her Instagram page and promoting yeah. stuff there. And, and appearances. Yeah. But again, uh, you know, how do you pay for a Two and a half million dollar home.
2: Right. And Craig Bierman, I don't think, did much after he left. It's unclear to me
3: what he does. Yeah. Besides be a reality (laughs) person when he was on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no idea. And they have,
2: what, six kids?
3: Something like that between them. Yeah. They got a
2: lot of mouths to feed. They have a a lot of them are still, yeah. A lot
3: of them are not adults yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think a couple of them are close to be making their own money off Instagram at this point. Brielle Um, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The skill sets there are fairly, um, you know, Kardashian level limited in my mind. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like, you know, but everyone's they still, can do a selfie. Yeah. Everyone's still fascinated by, you know. Yeah, she yeah. was, I mean,
3: she was one of the OG Real Housewives and, yeah. and people, yeah, people found her fascinating whether
1: they liked her or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always about likability with, with any of those. Not though. with
3: her. No. I, I mean, I. yeah, clearly people just found her interesting. Maybe that right. may be
1: the right word. Hmm. <laughs>
3: Beloved isn't quite the term I would hear when I hear
1: Kim right. Zolciak's name. Right, <laughs> right. But you know, we don't wish anyone to be kicked out of their home. So no, no matter how big it is, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, I guess good news for Kim Zolciak gets to stay in her home. Uh, and uh, something that uh, the dining team has been working on—they they've got a series of these things on Atlanta classics uh, restaurants that have been around for a very long time, and yeah. there's one this week.
2: Yeah, so uh, this week we uh, we rode on Casa Nuova, Italian restaurant in Alpharetta. It is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, and it is owned by a couple named uh, Maria and Tony. Tony sadly passed away, uh, but he actually originally opened alfredo's on cheshire bridge road with his uncles so his uh time in atlanta goes back all the way to like the early 70s um but uh yeah but he he and his wife opened this restaurant in alpharetta uh 25 years ago and it is really like a a local favorite it's not necessarily a restaurant maybe that's very well known outside of alpharetta but Mm -hmm. alpharetta People love it, um, and uh, and so yeah, we talked to his wife and his kids, who are also involved in the restaurant. They have three kids, and yeah, it's a it's a sweet story, and and they're you know they're just um, hoping to, to keep it going as That's long as right. they can. So yeah,
1: yeah, I love like like neighborhood Italian joints, and there just aren't a lot of them. Yeah, uh, you know I, when I lived in Boston for a few years, they were you know every town had them. It seemed like and and yeah. they were always so good and so reasonably priced and you could go and get a giant plate of food right. <laughs> that would, you know, last you a couple of days. Yeah. And, um, I love places like, you know, yeah, feel, have a neighborhood feel and, and, and
4: you
2: know. yeah. And, and this place, I mean, I think uh, it says something that a lot of their employees have been around for more than 20 years mm-hmm. and, you know, places like that, you, you just, you know that there's something special when, when their uh, turnover is so low, yeah. you know? Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. So that's online right now.
1: Awesome. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
4: Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com.
1: We're back on Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And now we're going to talk about some of the stuff that we've been working on. Rodney uh, has written a story about a new show that is shot right here in Atlanta.
3: Uh, it's called True Lies. Uh, you might remember the 1994 movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Arnold. It was a huge hit. It was like the third most popular movie that year. Yeah. And there was a lot of talk that James Cameron was going to do a sequel. It could have been turned into a big franchise. But then he got caught up in some movie called Titanic that kind (laughs) of distracted him. And then 9-11 happened. He wasn't really big on, like, terrorist bad guys. And then Arnold became governor. So things got kind of distracting. And by the time I guess they even thought about maybe doing a True Lies 2, everybody, it was already like the 2010s by here, Mm -hmm. by now. And it it took only now, (laughs) 30 years later, for them to come up with a a CBS uh, version of this show, which, you know, of this movie. Which obviously has to become a basically a procedural type idea, sure. you know, where there's some sort of plot that they have to stop. And you know, originally the, the original conceit is that his wife doesn't know that he's a spy, mm-hmm. but she figures it out pretty quickly, and she becomes a spy too. So right. basically, they have to hide it from their kids. Um, so that's the whole
1: conceit. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I would never have thought True Lies turned into a TV. I mean. It, it it is one of the few Schwarzenegger movies that I recall actually enjoying. Um, you yeah, know, it, was, it was a
3: nice mix of humor and action and romance. And, yeah, and you know Matt Nix, who did Burn Notice, he's the one who I spoke with him, and you know he created this version. Yeah, and, and you know the trick, like he said, is the trying to balance all those elements and making it work. It's difficult, you know, to be funny and you right. know, bl- throw in the action and the
1: right. Well, the, I the, mean, romance. I think a part a whole. One of the major reasons the first one worked is because of Jamie Lee Curtis. So, I mean... Maybe she should do a cameo. <laughs> it's yeah. possible. Yeah, Ginger Gonzaga
3: is the one who plays his, his wife, Helen, and he plays Harry. Uh, Steve Howey, actually, from Shameless.
1: Oh, right. Plays, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plays uh, the lead. And way back when on Reba. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah.
1: Oh my God! So yeah.
2: There's nobody though that's affiliated with the original. With I the mean, movie. Cameron's
3: theoretically an executive producer, but no, nobody, okay. nobody from the original. No, Tom movies. Arnold. No, no, or? no. It would be funny if Tom showed up at some point. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he'd be happy to show up because he's always has free time. Right, <laughs> I was,
2: was going to say it feels like he's probably less busy than Arnold and Jamie. And Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis
3: <laughs> correct. So I, I suspect uh, they will. They may. It, obviously, it may depend if they get a second season. Um, yeah. And, and you know, it was shot in Atlanta. It's always funny because they have to make Atlanta look like Berlin or Austria or whatever Uh, and you know you could see and you know I'm gonna have a couple photos in in the story where you could see the backdrop and realize oh that's downtown Atlanta anybody in Atlanta will know you know we'll see Hilton Atlanta in the background (laughs) when they're supposedly in Switzerland. Yeah. yeah, you see the big chicken in the background. And you know you're probably not in Berlin. But whenever they do it, yeah, they do car they do like a little car chase, motorcycle chase scene in the second episode. It's like, oh that's downtown Atlanta. We all we all know those, you know, parking garages and stuff in the background.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you also have written about uh, a movie that is coming out that's uh, highly anticipated. Yeah, Creed Three.
3: It was shot in Atlanta, um, set in L.A., so most of it was in studio. You don't you don't see a lot of Atlanta in right. this particular uh, movie. Uh, like they do a whole fight scene in, in what's called Dodger Stadium, but it's all CGI. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very blatantly CGI, but that's yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, I spoke to Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, who plays his. Old you know a childhood friend, and then ultimately um, I don't want to give away too much, but uh, there's some conflict between the two of them yeah I, I was so conflicted in terms of who you know was anybody right or wrong in the situation between yeah. the two of you it's like you're you're technically the the hero of this entire movie yet you hadn't done you' had done something as a child that you felt guilty about and you had a good reason you had a justifiable reason yeah. your character to do what you did right mm-hmm. so was that part of what made it interesting is that like we're not like it's rocky you've got to root for rocky versus you know <laughs> you know in rocky four or something this is it was much more gray yeah mm-hmm.
0: i think that's what life is you know we we didn't want to tell a story that was just black and white and you know right and wrong we wanted to tell the reality of life which is a lot of gray area you know and like you said you know I wanted to be hard I wanted to make it hard on you know the viewer and the audience on who to root for in this one you know I wanted Adonis to feel like an underdog you know in his own franchise And also make the movie feel like an origin story as well. So we had to get back to the beginning of his first relationships, his first heartbreak, his first protector. You know who taught him how to fight. You know who 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 was his first bonds. And you know, and it's very rare that you have those same relationships when you're a young child to when you become a man. Mm. And what happens in all that space? So so we created the space, and then we created the conflict.
3: It's a rumination of, you know, Creed's past. Uh, And you know how Rocky works with that type of conceit. Uh, In this case, this is the first time that uh, um, Sylvester Stallone is not in the movie in this entire Rocky slash Creed. Right, you know, universe. Do you right. know
2: why he didn't come back for this one? It's
3: unclear to me. I, 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 I think they just decided. You know, he's moving to. You know, Creed's moving to L.A. There's no. You know, I think his mm. story has been told. So it doesn't a, preclude Sylvester Stallone from coming back in Creed Four if right. there's a Creed Four. If there's a Creed Four, yeah. Um, you know, and I spoke with You know, I spoke with Michael B. Jordan, and uh, you know, he explains why he decided to direct this for the first time.
0: Well, before the script, you know, I was going to direct it. So I think just the opportunity to just take this franchise, you know, to the next level and, um, you know, and help build the story and figure out what exactly we were trying to say, what I I wanted to say. And, um, you know, this is the first character I got a chance to play three times, you know, um, and got a chance to grow with Adonis um, and and on screen and, and off, you know, so being able to get to it at this point in the game. Um, it felt like it was the perfect opportunity for me to take over the franchise and, and start and start directing.
3: And he's of course planning, you know, to turn this into even more
0: franchise type, you know,
3: opportunities besides the movies.
1: All right. Well, uh, Creed Three is out in theaters now, right? Uh,
3: yes, uh, March third.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yvonne, there were some uh, details on a new food hall, right? Another new food hall. (laughs) Another new food
2: hall. I talked about a food hall last week, talking about another food hall this week. So Citizens Market is going to be opening at Phipps Plaza in April. It's part of a larger redevelopment of the... The mall there, uh, Nobu opened not too long ago, along with the Nobu Hotel. Uh, but is this, this
3: separate from the little space where they have a few food item, food yes. shops up by the movie theater? Yes,
2: yeah. This is its own. It's a twenty five thousand square foot new area. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, and it's being sort of overseen by this company called C three. And all of the uh, concepts that are going to be in this food hall are part of their sort of, um, or under their umbrella. So these aren't necessarily restaurants that you would have heard before. It's a ghost kitchen that's going to be operating in the food hall, and you're going to be able to order on this new platform that uh, C3 has uh, has developed. And you can order several things from a Different stalls and just pay all at one time. Hmm. Um, and so they have things called uh, concepts like Umami Burger, uh, a sushi place called Crispy Rice, a Pan Asian concept called Samoto and, uh, and then there's gonna be they're partnering with an already established restaurant in California called Tsum, which is a Mediterranean concept. W-
3: will c three p o come in and be the <laughs> robot to serve the food? I'm sorry. when you said c three, that's the first thing that came to my head.
2: yeah, i I thought the same thing actually when i uh, when I first read the press release. but, um, yeah, i uh i it's it'll be an interesting concept. it'll it'll be interesting to see how it does over there. I mean, there isn't really a food. there the probably the closest food hall right now to Buckhead is. Uh, colony square in midtown so and that's not
3: buckhead <laughs> Yeah. Well, right, yeah. So, there's so nothing in Buckhead. You're there's saying. yeah, there's
2: yeah, there's no food hall in Buckhead right now. So, um, but you know, there are so many food halls as we've discussed in Atlanta that are already established or that are going to be opening soon. Um, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how how all of these do. Yeah. I mean, so far it seems like there's enough business to su- to sustain all of that. Well, but. it
1: seems like a perfect concept for a group of people who can't decide on what they want to eat. Yes, it's yes. like if you know if you can go in there and get. All of the things you know, different people can order. I mean, a different so, thing. I mean
3: that's what a food yeah. court was. Well, a food, you know, back in the day with the mall, right? That's
2: essentially, just... a food hall is kind of like a judged-up food court. You know, you I go. mean, I think so. Yeah. Can
5: you say what a what a ghost kitchen is?
2: Yeah, a ghost kitchen is uh, it's basically a a kitchen that you know it, you can operate several different concepts out of, um, and so there are several that operate in Atlanta. Like there, uh, for instance, Guy Fieri. Uh, the you know Food Network chef. I love the
5: way you say that.
2: <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce his last name. <laughs> that's right? That's how he pronounces it.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's Fiery. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he has like a ghost kitchen concept that operates out of Buco de Beppo's kitchen when they're not operating their restaurant. So it's uh, just the idea of basically a, a restaurant operating out of a out of a kitchen and not necessarily having a a. Bigger restaurant to support it, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, it's
1: not really a, like a brick and mortar restaurant, but they, yeah. have, they have a kitchen, and and sometimes it's just delivery, or sometimes you know they, sometimes yeah a lot of, and a lot of I believe
3: and some of them do like food trucks like yeah because I believe that yeah that,
1: that, well at least uh, at at one point it was uh, legally food trucks had to have a kitchen somewhere. Um, yeah, and, like a commissary. Um, and that was, yeah. that was part of the reason that some of those first came into, uh, being because these people needed a space, uh, in order to operate.
2: Yeah. And the whole concept sort of really exploded during the pandemic because they're, they really do lend themselves to, uh, delivery and takeout, which is obviously a big thing, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. So, um, and so they've sort of remained and, uh, and, you know, and we're seeing that now with, with this food hall,
1: and I quickly want us to mention that uh, we are starting a new thing, um, <laughs> sort of a new thing. Uh, that's it's sort of a a new th- old thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we're doing reviews uh, that are specifically focused on takeout, and so this week we'll have a story on a place in Sandy Springs called Sabaraba. It operates out of a shipping container. And it's, it's a falafel stand, basically, that operates out of a shipping container. And uh, they so they don't really have anywhere to eat there. And it re- their main focus really is takeout and, and delivery as well. And then there's actually another shipping container restaurant right next to it <laughs> called Buck You that, uh, that serves Korean. Buck <laughs> U, <laughs> Be okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and they serve Korean fried chicken. So, uh, Bob Townsend who wrote this story was talking about how next time he goes back, he, he wants to do like an Asian Israeli fusion dinner and get some, you know, (laughs) some Korean fried chicken and some falafel and kind of do a a combination
1: since they're right next to each other. But. Awesome, so so that's it, that's running in uh, Go Guide, I believe, right? Correct. So we're yep. Doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Is this there a Friday. name for
3: this particular type
1: of review, or do we have a fancy? It's
2: our special name. For it's it? uh, our t- just takeout night. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember there was talk about what how what are we going to call this? And, and
5: I think it should be the Joe Bob Briggs takeout restaurant <laughs> review.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It rolls right off the tongue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Um, Now's the time when we uh, talk about something cool that uh, you can do over the coming days, either this weekend or over the next week. Um, and I'll start us off. Uh, I wanted to mention that Emmylou Harris will be at Atlanta Symphony Hall on March 3rd, which is Friday. The tickets, I believe, are officially sold out. But as many of us know, that if you really want to go, there are tickets out there. You can always find them. You may have to pay, but uh, Emmylou Harris is worth it. She is just a phenomenal uh, musician She's who so has been. Good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love her, and I haven't seen her personally since the '80s. Um, but uh, she just puts on a great show, and she always has a group of some incredible musicians. Uh, I'm not even sure who her band is at this moment, but I'm sure they're amazing. Yeah. Because she's always had, she's always surrounded herself with really quality musicians. So that's uh, Lou Harris uh, at 8 o'clock, March 3rd at Atlanta Symphony Hall. Uh, you can go uh, look for tickets online. Uh, and what have you got, Yvonne?
2: I have uh, something for you that actually is going to be going on throughout the month, uh, It's called Dinner with a View. It's a three-course meal that is served in uh, geodesic domes at uh, Piedmont Park, on the promenade at Piedmont Park. And so basically, you rent out the dome, and then you pay for your meal, and you get to choose... I think it's beef, fish, chicken, or vegan. Almost like like they are going a, to a wedding. Like I was gonna yeah. say, like a wedding reception. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, a local chef uh, developed the menu, and uh, and and yeah, and you get to eat. There are 33 domes, hmm. um, and they have uh, at least two seatings uh, Wednesdays through Sundays, and so yeah, you just reserve your dome, and, and you get to to. Have your dinner with a view. You, you do get a gorgeous view of, of the skyline. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, you really are right in the middle of Atlanta there. So awesome. it's an interesting, unique dining experience. It
1: does sound interesting.
2: Yeah. And it's through April
1: 2nd. All right. And Rodney, what have you got?
3: Uh, well, I just saw a couple weeks ago Kim's Convenience at Aurora Theater in Lawrenceville in, in, in an unusual, um, I guess, partnership situation. They're moving to uh, Horizon Theater. For the next month they, oh, okay. they were they were there for a month
5: and they just moved
3: so i was
1: wondering about that because i, I was i was confused because i was it's like some, aurora just had did that so i didn't realize yeah. it was the same
5: production they've done that with a couple of different productions it yeah. helps them keep costs down right. and, and mm-hmm. uh, they can put on bigger shows that way
1: yeah
3: so they're going to be on from march 3rd to april 2nd um and yeah it's based uh, it was originally a play but people probably know it as the netflix sitcom kim's convenience right. which is the korean you know, um, convenience store. Yeah, is set in Toronto, uh, and it, it's uh, you know it'll be available Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at eight, Saturday and uh, Saturday three and eight, and Sunday at five. And tickets start at thirty dollars. It, it's a lot. I, I had a good time. I enjoyed yeah. it. And right. you know, if you enjoy the sitcom, you'll enjoy the play.
1: Yeah, terrific. All right, yeah, that's at Horizon Theater uh, right there in Little Five Points. And coming up in this week's Go Guide, we'll offer some ideas on how to mark Women's History Month here in Atlanta, including an exhibit at the Atlanta History Center that uh, celebrates the centennial of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. Uh, And in Sunday's Living and Arts section, we'll also take note of Women's History Month with profiles of five Georgia women making history now. And now it's time for our Pet of the Week. Zamora has pretty apricot-colored fur, gorgeous golden eyes, and a prize-winning smile. She really enjoys playing with toys and loves running back and forth with one in her mouth. She's seven years old, but you'd never know it. She has plenty of energy and even more love to give. This playful older girl is always ready for a gentle head scratch, and the only thing she's missing is a good home. She's currently in foster, and Zamora has been waiting patiently to find her forever home so she can live out her golden years in peace. Email Lifeline Animal Project at adoptions at com to adopt or ask any questions. You can also drop by Decab County Animal Services at 3280 Chambly dunwoody Road. And you'll find a link to Zamora's shelter page and a photo on the story page for this podcast at AJC.com. Thanks for listening to Go Atlanta. We release new episodes every Thursday morning to keep you in the loop of all the great things Atlanta has to offer, whether it involves planning an outing or just giving you something to talk about with friends and family. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Thanks, as always, to Rodney Ho. Thank you for not spreading blasphemous rumors. <laughs> and to Yvonne <laughs> Zussel. I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for that cocaine bear. And thanks to Bo Emerson for joining us this week.
5: Glad to be here. I'm mounting a petition to bring that bear back
1: from Kentucky. Awesome. (laughs) And I am Shane Harrison. We'll talk to you again next week for more ways to go Atlanta.
4: Ocean Breeze, Tropical Beach, Pina Colada.